once more unto the breach, dear friends. Else fill the wall up with our English dead. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and welcome to another exciting episode of The Personal Wealth Coach starring Jake and Jeff McClure. Today we are going to talk to you about wealth coaching. Wait a minute, that's what we talk about every week, isn't it? Well, sort of. I the economics. We talk about wealth coaching, though. Economics, um, finance, some personal. On the program, we usually do pretty macro stuff, but uh, if you have questions about personal finance, we do that for sure. Uh, we've got to give some disclosures before we get started. We've said the name of the program is the Personal Wealth Coach, and not coincidentally, that is also the name of an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. The two people speaking on the air are the people that give advice through that firm, but we can't give you advice on the air or in a podcast or in any other broadcast format because of privacy issues and lots of other stuff. So what are we doing if we're not advising? We're educating. And just because the firm's registered with the SEC doesn't mean that the SEC somehow thinks that we are anointed or um, somehow given a seal of approval or any of that stuff. They don't do that. They are a regulatory authority and we're required to tell you that in case we say something stupid. Nope, scratch that. We say that plenty of times. We'd be barraging the SEC uh, in case we say something fraudulent or misleading in a way that could cause people to lose money. Um, let's see. We don't pay for this radio program. More on that later. Uh, we do pay for advertising about the radio program. More on that later as well. Um, and you've got a disclosure. We're going through the disclosure at warp speed today. Well, the information we present to you in this educational radio program or internet program, as the case may be, has been obtained from sources we deem to be reliable. However, we make no warranty or guarantee as to the accuracy or completeness of said information. We do, however, warranty and guarantee that all unsaid information on the radio program is incomplete. There we are. Unless your intention was to simply be silent. And that's not ever complete. So it is incomplete. <laughs> all right. I said I was going to talk about the trade war. Um, the negotiators are at work with Europe right now. Um, but let's kind of roll back the clock a little bit, back to 2018. Donald Trump was president, uh, and he imposed a tariff on steel and aluminum on everyone. Ally, non-ally, enemy, didn't matter. Everybody had a tariff on steel and aluminum. 20% on steel, 10% on aluminum. That still exists to some extent for the vast majority of the countries out there. We still have tariffs on steel and aluminum on the European Union, on South Korea, on Japan, on Canada, Mexico. It doesn't matter. We basically still have it. It's been changed to be much more bureaucratic. It's not a blanket 20%, 10%. There's quotas. There's percentages that are different on different amounts for different amounts coming from each country. And it's made it extremely difficult on trade because the quota is per country, not per company. And if you've just, say you're a company somewhere and you've just got an order and you're starting to fill it and halfway through filling the order you're about to ship, your country meets its quota. You don't even know what to charge. Maybe the amount that you said was the price 60 days ago was correct for 60 days ago, but now with your country hitting the quota, you got to raise it or somebody else, now you're stuck holding it. So you either cancel the order and send the money back and that's happening. Um, so 
the European Union is saying, had said, and it's been going on for quite some time, that whiskeys and bourbons and all of these alcohols and many of the other things too, but this is one that's really easy to talk about. Whiskey has a 50% tax on shipments from the United States to Europe because it's their answer. Hey, you're going to tax us on this stuff. We'll tax you on that stuff. Who's actually paying this, by the way? The people in Europe are paying the 50% tax. The people in the United States are paying the 10% or 20% tax. When we go to buy something made out of steel in the United States, when they go to buy a whiskey at a bar or a pub, they're going to pay a, a, a higher price on an American drink than on a locally made or non-American drink. So the tax is to keep the thing from being purchased a lot. But who gets paid on that tax? Well, the U.S. government does. On all steel purchases, who gets that extra money? Well, it's not going to the steel workers. The, the theory was that they would have a more competitive uh, advantage because they're not going to have that price. But, but what we've noticed is that American steel prices went up at the same rate. They just charged more for it. So all steel prices went up. It didn't increase our competitiveness, it did increase the profitability of an American steel company. Okay, we're still talking about it. There's a 15, 50%, 50%, 50% tax, tax on whiskey from the United States to the European Union. And we're still negotiating on that. What we're not hearing, what we're not seeing anywhere anymore, and this is the reason why I bring it up, not because trade wars are bad or good or anything else, we're not hearing anyone advocating for free trade right now in the United States or elsewhere. There is something that will likely be dubbed a fragmentation of trade, where there was a unification going on before. All the people that talked about the New World Order five years ago, that New World Order doesn't exist anymore. That whole thing about the globalists taking over, that's gone. We are fragmenting again. We talk about it in a lot of detail when we're talking about China and moving money out of China into other places. This is part of a, a global fragmentation of the supply chain that increased rapidly during COVID, during the whole pandemic period. It increased quickly during the trade war, but it went extremely quickly during the pandemic. That didn't have to do with the trade war. It had to do with we couldn't buy stuff from places because they weren't selling it to us anymore. Or they would say they would, but then they couldn't ship it. They didn't have workers on site to make the stuff that we were paying them to do. So we had long delays on stuff that caused us to change how we buy things. And that's caused a massive productivity boom in the United States and a massive productivity bust in China. Their manufacturing has fallen now for the last several quarters. Uh, China is a manufacturing country. Uh, when you look at, at what's going on there, it's, it's affecting places like Ireland. Ireland boomed during the pandemic because they had a certain kind of special link with China to get things even when other people couldn't. But now Ireland is in contraction mode. They were one of the few places in Europe that did well during the pandemic, and now they are in the opposite mode of contraction rather than growth, because the same reason why we moved away from China has affected them. They, are, they were a source for a lot of Europe for Chinese products, and that just doesn't, it isn't existing anymore. Why am I talking about this? Part of it is what we were, what I was talking about prior to the break 
of the American worker is getting paid more. They're getting caught up. Their productivity's increased, and we're starting to see the prices for what we're paying for things to drop. This is fantastic across a whole range of things. When we go to buy electronics and cars and so on, all the things that I talked about before, why is it that we're paying less for it now? Well, because our productivity has increased. Our manufacturing potential and capability has increased. And that's going to lead to a better inflation outlook going forward. What we had prior to the pandemic that was preventing inflation was if somebody in the United States said, well, I'm going to have to charge more for that good, whatever that was, the person that was buying would say, well, I'll just go buy it from somebody else somewhere else in the world. And that was a, that was a, a, a big damper on the ability for prices to go up. Well, in the near future, we're going to see the damper being automation and productivity. And that's what we're seeing. We're seeing it now in a whole slew of products. And you're going to begin to see it in a lot more detail during this Christmas shopping season. Now, a lot of you have already seen it. Um, buying toys, it's surprising, but a lot of the toys that I'm buying this year for my kids aren't made in China. That's a weird, weird, weird thing. If you look back over the last 20 years and you looked at what was under the tree for the kids, it was near 100% made in China. And that's changing drastically. It's also changing how we pay for things. And the prices went up during this transition away from China. And the transition's not done. It's increasing. It's, it's, it's accelerating. Uh, and China is feeling it. Until next week, this has been The Personal Wealth Coach.